ready, everybody should have notes. Uh, hopefully, if you don't have notes, you can raise your hand and somebody will run some to you. Uh, we want to go ahead and release the bridge now. You guys are free to go to your class and uh, online. If you want to just say you're there, we can shoot you those notes now. So you have to email at uh, connect at Hope Alive and... And we can get those notes to you. All right, let's uh, <clears throat> let's uh, <clears throat> kind of do a brief review. I, I felt uh, this morning as uh, as we were going through worship and, and what Chelsea said that you know God is uh, calling us all to, if I could just put it this way, just to speak up. You know, just to begin to talk to God, let Him hear your voice. And realize that, you know, as we've been talking about over the past number of weeks about the Holy Spirit being a person that wants to connect with you. He's not just a cloud. He's not just in a distant, uh, uh, you know, cloud going by or something. But literally is a person that has a voice that you can hear and you can understand. And he obviously hears you and understands you. If I stay disconnected uh, from God... Uh, by somehow just doing things, but yet never expecting to make a personal connection with him, then I'm basically just uh, maybe uh, saying, God, I, I guess I don't really need you. I can make it on my own. I just need a few things to do. I need to know what to do, and I guess I have that here. But how, how many know God is after much more than that? And oftentimes we can go to church and, and still struggle as much as anybody else, and, and, and wonder why doesn't anything change? You know, I'm going to church every week. I'm being nice to people for a change. I'm, you know, I'm doing all these things, but yet I still have the same struggles. I have the same measure of anxiety. I have the same measure of uh, uh, oppression or depression, or I have the same struggles that, uh, that the world seems to be uh, claiming. How many know that it's amazing? I am absolutely amazed, and I'm not saying this in any type of belittling way, but it, how many realize how many names of issues that we're coming up with these days? It seems like any time a, a few people has a problem, we put a name to it, and then all of a sudden, everybody has that problem. And if you've ever watched any of these advertisements for drugs... How many have always at least fit into one of those, you know? Oh, I must have that. I must need that, you know? Uh, unless you're allergic to it, you know, then you, you don't want to mess with it. But there's, there's a place where, as believers, God is wanting you to get to connect with him in such a way that uh, he, uh, he, he gets those things removed from your life. How many would agree with that? It says you're a new creation in Christ Jesus when you become born again. And, and that has a lot to do, and we talked a little bit about us being heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. And so that means we take on all of the word and the promises that he's given to us, but yet I recognize sometimes that it's a struggle for us to get there. And so, again, it's, it's not a you know, dog-eared that you're not, but I want to challenge and encourage us up today because I believe the Bible teaches us that we can overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of his, our testimony. I believe that. And, 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 we, and, and we, can, we can walk out everything that his word says to us. And as, and, and as his church, he's calling us up to that. And we've been talking about just unexpected adventures over the last couple of weeks and how that involves me knowing God and knowing the Holy Spirit and walking with him and uh, and seeing him work in my life as well as through my life. And I, I wrote this down uh, in my notes last night. And I just want you to, to hear it and, and to maybe let it sink in just a little bit this morning. So we shake ourselves off from, I'm at church now, but we shake that off and now we, we let the word of God sink in. And I want to share just a thought here that I had. And, I, and, and I'll give it to you. It says, have you ever thought about what it would be like to meet God face to face? I don't know if you're thinking that way or not. But again, I just sitting there last night going through my notes again. And 
I just felt like God said, just ask them, have you thought about that yet? Because sometimes we, uh, we, we, we think that, you know, and we know scripturally it even says it will happen. We just live in this life for so long that we get used to it or we just, you know, we're, we start thinking differently than what we should. But someday we're going to face God face to face. What will that be like? I, I, I was, the more I pondered it the last night, the more I thought, man, how amazingly glorious that's going to really, really, really be. I mean, if you can only imagine, you know that song, being with him. It's too bad we always use that for home-going services versus just, you know, the reality of, man, I just want to imagine uh, what it's going to be like. And then my next thought came to me is, I I don't want to get to heaven. Now listen to this. I don't want to get to heaven and feel like a stranger to God. I don't want to get there and just kind of like, oh, hi, (laughs) I'm here, you know? Uh, 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 Is that you, God? (laughs) You know, I don't want to walk into heaven that way. I want to walk in as a family reunion. God, we've been partnering and working together through the power of the Holy Spirit, right? Part of the Godhead has been in us. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we've been walking together and partnering. But man, now I see you face to face. And I think we're all going to do like everybody else that sees God. We're going to fall on our faces. And we're going to say, we would have never imagined this. I would have never imagined this. It's so easy to just kind of get religious and... uh, about him, you know, because we can't see him right now. We're not this complete face-to-face. We have the Spirit in us. And this next question that came to me was this. I don't want to get to heaven empty-handed. I don't want to get there and just look at him and say, well, I'm glad I made it. I'm glad I made it. I didn't do anything else on this planet, but I made it. I don't want to walk in that way myself. You hear what I'm saying? I want to go in there proud that I got to know him here in a personal way. I let him uh, work through me to overcome the issues that I have in life, whatever those issues are. We all have them. We all start with them. Okay? I, I let him work through those in my lifetime, and I also then served him. And followed him, and I'm not going to walk into heaven empty-handed if I can say that. And I just, just want to throw that out to all of us here this morning. What, what is your thoughts about God when you see him face-to-face? What's it going to be like? And uh, I think it's worth some, uh, some time of meditation. I challenged us last week, a couple weeks ago, uh, that uh, we should maybe pray... Uh, each day, learn to start our day by uh, asking God to open up some divine encounters for us so that we can serve Him and we could represent Him. We could, uh, we could glorify Him in different settings with different people that He puts in contact with us. Do you realize that you're not just accidentally where you're at, but you're actually divinely placed in this year, this day, and in this place, and in your job, and actually in your family, so that you can be a voice of God to them. So when we really begin to, I think, maybe totally accept that, and totally believe that, and totally open ourselves up to, to be used of the Lord for that, then I will get up in the morning and say, Lord, show me some divine encounters. I don't want to walk into heaven empty-handed. And this has nothing to do with works. Nothing, because those are worthless, right? Your works are like filthy rags to God. So it's nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with relationship and, 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 and understanding that relationship and entering into that relationship and then being a part of that relationship by allowing him to work in you and then through you. And again, I don't want to be guilty as your pastor of not saying to you that this is what God's after. He's after your heart. We sang that song. But he also has a purpose that he wants to fulfill. 
on this earth, and he wants to do it through you and I. Let's look at just a couple of verses here. If we can pull up Romans 15, 13, I think I put it up there. And, and let's just look at this, and will you let the Lord speak to you through it? It says, I pray that God, the source of hope, I like that idea. You know, I don't have to muster up hope. He is my hope. I can't muster it up. But he's my hope. And it says here, he's the source of hope. And, and, uh, and it says, and he will fill you partly. No, he's got, he wants to fill you completely with joy and peace. That's kind of the opposite of anxiety, isn't it? Because you trust in him, and then you will, what, overflow with confident hope or expectation through the power of what we've been talking about over the last few weeks, through the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, we so take a hold of this life as if we can run it ourselves. So many people, we just kind of think he's, he's made us so intelligent, and he has, and, uh, and so forth, that we kind of somehow, we take on this attitude of, I can run this myself, I understand it all, I know it all, I can handle this, I can manage this. Can I just say to you, you can't? Can I just be bold and say you can't? Without a connection with him personally and a dependence on him completely, you will never fulfill the will of God for your life. But if you step into this, then it becomes that amazing, exciting adventure of following Christ. And I think we would agree with that. Job says this. Look at this verse. This is amazing. You may have never seen this before, but look at it. It says, as for me, I would seek God and inquire of him. And he's given a little bit of advice here back now. And I would commit my cause to God who does great and unsearchable things, marvelous things without number. Come on, now think about what Job is saying. And if we know, and most people would know Job's story. Job uh, had promises of God. He walked righteous before God, but he went through some amazing challenges that none of us have ever gone through or probably ever will. He went through these amazing challenges in life, but he keeps coming back, and he says, listen, God has all these marvelous things that he wants to bring forth in your life, and then he goes on, and he starts listening, listing them. It says, he gives rain on the earth, and he sends water in the fields, and he sets on high those who are lowly, and those who mourn are lifted to safety. He frustrates the devices of the crafty so that their hands cannot carry out their plans. How many know we need a little bit of that going now? Uh, come on. He catches the wise in their own craftiness. We're seeing that happen around us. And the counsel of the cunning comes quickly upon them. They meet with darkness in the daytime and grope at noontime as the night. But he saves the needy from the sword and from the mouth of the mighty and from their hand. So the poor have hope and injustice shuts her mouth. Wow, he just starts laying this thing out to say, wow, marvelous are his works and they're without number. And so kind of this sock thing fits into some of what he was just saying. He wants to help the needy and the poor. Who's he going to do that through? His sons and daughters. His sons and daughters. We have this opportunity to step in and be a part of what he's talking about here. And those things glorify God, and they magnify God. And I, and I know with Stephen that he gets the gospel in there, and, 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 and people need to hear it. And so uh, I, just, I just found that fascinating. Now, I want to take us to another verse here, Romans 8 and verse 28. And I want to give you a few thoughts at the end, but I, I just thought it would be good for us to hear a couple of these scriptures and allow them to come in. And I'd like for us to read this together uh, out loud, if we could. Romans chapter uh, 8 and verse 28, and it's very familiar. And so help, help me with this. And we know...
All right, let's read it again really strong. And, and again, I know it's familiar, but I want it to break out of familiarity and into action. Out of familiarity, into action. Let's read it together. And... Now, that may be one of the most pivotal scriptures in the Bible for me to get a hold of as a believer. And it's oftentimes, it's oftentimes misemphasized. It, it, it almost puts it in the place where uh, it, it says, you know, and, and God causes all things. <laughs> but I just want to say to you, that's not what he's saying here. He's saying that he causes everything, even things that the enemy brings on in your life, and even the dumb things that you might bring on yourself. He causes all of those. He's able to turn all those to good. He's able to make those work out in your life. And so he's got us completely covered. We know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to uh, his purpose. And I, I think as I, as I uh, read through that one and wanted to bring it into our picture today, into our conversation today, and then hopefully into your conversation with God this week, is that you recognize that things do happen around us that aren't really good, but yet your heavenly Father who delights in doing many marvelous things and miraculous things in your life, he's right there to help turn all those things around to good. And I just think that's absolutely fascinating. I think of the way that I was raised and how that God literally turned those things for good. And I look back now, and sometimes you have to look back to realize, wow, okay, God, that's right. You did not orchestrate that. You didn't want that, but it happened, and now you're stepping in to take care of it. You're going to heal the brokenhearted, right? You're going to heal my hurts. You're going to take care of my emotions. You're going to step in, and you're going to cover every aspect of my being uh, with your life. Now, I wrote this statement down, and I think it should be up on the, uh, the uh, PowerPoint. It's a little complicated, but uh, that's okay. I want you to hear it. The recorded promises of his word leads us to his applied promises in our spirit, which releases his power to bring us into agreement and to release miracles. Okay, So his written word, when it connects with my spirit, it becomes rhema, then I speak it out, then it releases miracles. And we know that he wept over Jerusalem once because he said, I couldn't do anything because of their unbelief. And so in other words, he says, man, you have this great power that I put within you. What are you doing with it? And often, unlike with what Job did, see, Job fought through every challenge all the way to the end until he saw the promises of God that were all yes and amen come to pass. And if you read the end of his story, God doubled everything for him. Plus, he gives him... He gives us his story to learn from. I don't know about you, but a few times that's just caused me to stop whining about have, not having some little thing, you know, uh, complaining about it and wanting more or something. And I stopped like, and Joe, he just reminds me, he says, what about, do you remember Job? Remember that story? Maybe you need to read that again. And allow the Spirit of God just to begin to speak to us so he can lift us above those things. So here's, here's the Here's this, I don't have, this is not up there, but this is the, the, the smaller version of what I just said. He, the Holy Spirit, takes the promises in the Bible and applies them to your circumstances specifically. So every one of these promises are yes and amen. They're all available to me, but it's not just a, uh, a name it and claim it thing. But it's actually allowing the Holy Spirit to bring those to life to you or maybe to take them from being what would be considered the written Logos word to the Rhema word. In other words, all of a sudden that's for me. And I'm, I'm trying to think about you know, how uh, in my lifetime it seems that uh, in, in the course of the journey, the way that it works is I come up 
against maybe a big challenge or something goes wrong, something isn't going right. And I have a choice now to what I'm going to do. Now, a wise choice would send me back here. How many would agree? I need to get back here. I need to get into the Word because God said he had all these, remember, 8,000, over 8,000 promises. He's got all these promises that pertain to everything that have to do with me and, and life and godliness. And so I come back here and I begin to search the scriptures for what the answer is. Because I'm not going to settle for what isn't right. But I'm going to come back to him and I'm going to say, God, I, I just need, I need your direction and I need your wisdom in this situation. Now, this situation could be a whole number of things. It could be challenges in your marriage. It could be challenges in your kids. It could be challenges in your job and your finances. It could be challenges in your health. It could be challenges in any aspect of your life. I've not found anything that is not addressed in his word. Okay? So I take that, but what happens? I just read it and nothing changed. Well, something has to happen, right? Something needs to... Make this change happen. And all I can think of, and, and maybe this will help illustrate it, is that uh, I, I, when I was first saved, and many of you know my background was really bad, I had lots of issues. I had lots of issues. And I remember when those issues came face to face to me, and I all of a sudden realized, wow, yeah, that's your problem. You got a problem. Or maybe a, a good friend told me I had a problem. I don't know. Whatever the case was. Uh, it comes all different ways. But I realized I had a problem, and so let's just say the problem was anger. Okay, so what do I do with that? What do you do with that? Well, for me, it was go to the Bible and find every scripture in the Bible that talks with, about anger and deals with anger. And here's what, I, here's what I did numerous times, and I found it to be very effective, is I just began to read out loud every one of the scriptures about anger. And I felt it just begin to chip away at what was going on in my life in that area. Or maybe it was, and I've said this before, maybe it was just, uh, I remember I went to the doctor once because my stomach was bothering me so much that I, I finally went to the doctor and after the examination, he just said, oh, you just have stress. <laughs> I was so disappointed. I was actually mad when I walked out of there because I thought, wait a minute, I'm a born-again believer. Why am I allowing stress to overtake my life to this degree? And so what did I do? I went back and I found every scripture on peace. And I just began to read them. And all of a sudden, Psalms 119 verse 165 dropped into my spirit about great peace have they that love thy law. And there was a connection there that took away those stomach aches. See, see what I'm saying? So however you sense or identify that connection, this is what God wants to do. He wants to make this personal connection with your spirit out of his word concerning the challenge and the issues that you may have. And I know um, that uh, that's not always the easiest, but it is what God is after. So how does God work in your life? How does God work in your life? How does he do that? How does he speak to you? How would you tell somebody else that he speaks to you or how he works in your life? And I, I know there's many ways that this can happen. I want to see and show us maybe a pattern here in Scripture uh, that helps us maybe to catch a few thoughts about how do we deal with things. And this is a familiar story, so uh, it's in Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 and 2. And let me just read it to you, and then I want to just make a couple comments about it, because he's, if I'm sitting here this morning and I'm not connecting with God, even in his house, there's an issue. There's an issue. If I'm not connecting, even in his own house, there's an issue. And this is what I want us to catch and recognize and see so that we can step past that issue. And I think we've all kind of uh, uh, maybe been there or been through it. But we see this pattern uh, throughout Scripture about unexpected things happening. Genesis chapter 22. Listen to this story. I'm just going to read part of it. Now, it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. And he said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. 
And then he said, and I, I can imagine how he might have said that after what he's already been through, right? He's about 100 years old now. He, wanted a ch- he was supposed to be the father of many nations. He couldn't have children. Then he blew it uh, and had one with another woman. And then God still came back, brought him back to his promise and said, no, it's going to be through you. He gives him a son, and now this is the setting here with his son, Abraham. And I'm sure he shuddered when he heard that sound. (laughs) What in the world could God possibly be going to ask me to do now? And then he said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on on the mountain in which I shall tell you. Now, can you imagine that? Can you just even stop and consider what that might have sounded like? It would have sounded, I guess, first it would have sounded like heresy, wouldn't it? I mean, the Ten Commandments say, thou shalt not murder. So here we go now. It could have sounded like heresy. Abraham could have easily just, get thee behind me, Satan. But because... Abraham learned to know God's voice. He was able to hear what God said, and he didn't completely understand it, I'm sure, but he was willing to do whatever God was leading him to do. I mean, that's how confident he became, even though it went against everything that he could imagine. Number one, how are you going to keep your promise of me being a father of many nations? Do you want me to kill my first son? How are you going to, how am I going to move forward if I murder somebody? That's a murder sentence back on me. God, how am I going to do this? How am I going to, how am I going to explain that I'm serving the living God and this is what he told me to do? Is that what you want me to do? How am I going to do this? So there had to be some pretty sure conversation going on, I say, between Abraham and God, wouldn't you say? And so I guess the, the, the few points that I just want to pull out of this here uh, before we step into the next part of this message this morning is God does test us with his word. He does test us. I mentioned a while back, a test is never to make you fail, but it's only to let you see where you're at and how you're doing. And so God puts a test to us. Matter of fact, the Bible says in a couple of places, I didn't reference those here today, but he says in a couple of places, he said, the word of the Lord is tested seven times as in the fire. In other words, it's a repeated thing. And so he's coming to Abraham, and, 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 and Abraham's very challenged by all of this, but he recognizes that that, 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 that God does test his word in us because he'd already been through that with the child thing, right? And, and so he knew that. And I think the next thing that he understood was that the test is always based on the word that's given to us. It's always tested on the word that has been given to us, whether it be a word from God about our purpose and our destiny or whether it be a word out of his scripture, And remember, he didn't have this like we have it, but we have it today, and we can read that, and we can get those words, and and those words are sometimes tested in our lives. And then the third thing that I think we see out of this particular story, and this is very important, Abraham, at this point, with that request, had to trust in God's character Because everything that he was hearing seemed to be contradictory to all of life. So he had to trust God's character at this point. And I I bring this out because sometimes you're going to have to trust his character. You're going to have to trust the fact that he does love you. You're going to have to trust the fact that he's going to rescue you. You're going to have to trust the fact that he's going to intervene for you. You're going to have to really believe that, you know, God, why am I waiting so long? Why is this taking so long? Why is it such a struggle for me? And why does it seem to be contradictory to what should be happening in my mind? We've been having some amazing small groups uh, uh, going over these topics, and I heard in one of the groups that uh, one of the ladies shared that, you know, her husband lost his job four times. And each time, you know, what's going on, God? What's going on? But when the end happened, 
the husband had a much greater job than when he started. And I thought, wow. And they moved him to Kansas. I just thought, how awesome is that? See, sometimes we don't understand, you know, why does God not allow something to happen? And why does he allow it to happen? And I think one of their conclusions is, is sometimes it's just because God has something better for you. You're rushing ahead to get something, but he has something better for you. And, and, and you have to trust his character and allow him to work in you because the word is going to be tried. And he's going to work in you and through you. And we, we see that Abraham had these things going on. So God does test us. Uh, it does take time sometimes to see his promises come to pass. Uh, he, he does test it even through his word. And we have to trust and know his character. How many can think of any other Bible characters that uh, were given promises and then kind of the unexpected happened? Is, is, uh, <laughs> is uh, Abraham the only one? He's not, is he? Who can think of one? I mean, who else? Joseph and Noah and, you know, you just go down the list and all these guys, what did they do? They got a promise from God. And then it was tested, and then God came through. Now, in the meantime, they made some, some of them made some mistakes in the process. But God still was faithful to them to see that promise come to pass. But see, the promise is based on not that I just read a scripture and I know it. A promise is that I read a scripture, it connected with my spirit, and now I'm going to stand on it no matter what. God, you said it and I'm going to stand on it, and I can trust in your character to be there, and you're going to help me, and you're going to take care of things. Because God, why? He loves you. We read it, Job even tells us, a guy going through really literal hell on earth, and he says, hey, God does amazing, marvelous things. I mean, he picks the worst person. Just like with Paul, he picks the person that's been in prison, left for dead, you know, beat up and stoned and everything else. He sends him to tell us, hey, can I just tell you from the prison, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I just want to tell you, rejoice. Because if you do, you'll get a clear picture quicker of what God's really doing. He'll come and, and be in your life and help you with these things and help you to understand this. And so we, it's not uncommon for his word to be tested. It's not uncommon for uh, it to take some time. It's not uncommon for it to sound a little contradictory to what he's saying. But the concern is, is this. What about you today would come into alignment with Maybe what God has spoken to you and what you see now. What about you? Is there some promises maybe that you're still waiting on that you felt like God said that he was going to do for you and now you're facing a contradiction of that? Maybe something didn't go like you thought and so now you're struggling, you're, you're still waiting or maybe you're now completely doubting that God can really do something in your situation, or maybe you've just given up on that promise. Maybe you just decided, I'm just going to give up on that. I can't go through the stress of thinking about it. I can't go through the stress of waiting for it any longer. I can't go through the stress of the contradiction of it all. God, you said this, and now I don't see it happening. And it's just, it's, 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 a, it's a, <clears throat> a word for us, I guess, would be, uh, to, uh, to, to ask myself, where am I at today? Because I think there's many people, maybe in particular with as believers as who we're addressing here this morning, there's many people that have been in church and you heard the promises and you've stepped out on the promises and you've tried the promises and yet they didn't seem to work for you the way you were told they were supposed to work. And so today, the dream, the vision, the hope that you once had, it's either on the shelf or you're totally discouraged or you've totally given up on it. And I just want to say to you today, God will be faithful and fulfill his will and purpose in your life if you'll just let him. 
If you'll set aside the disappointments and the discouragements and the things that have come upon you that you'd say, man, I just don't get it. I don't understand it. I'm here to say that God's calling you up. Think of Abraham of all people. You know, you're going to be the father of many. And how many years did he wait? And actually, God waited until it went beyond his potential ability to even have children. Right? Why would God do that? Because he was trying to make the father of faith for you and I to know about. He was trying to build something that we could today read about. Faith comes by hearing the word, right? And, 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 and that we could read this, and when our spirit connects with it, then we're able to step in because every one of you has a purpose and a call by God on your life. There's not one person that he created. There's not one person that he created that doesn't have a purpose. And the greatest thing a father could ever want their son or daughter to do is to reach their, fo- fo- their purpose, right? I mean, there's nothing more than that. The last thing you want to see is your son go to the wayside or, you know what I'm saying, or just, just not fulfill their, not use their talent, not use their ability. You, you, you see so much in them, but they don't see it, and life beat them up, and now they're stepping back on the sideline. Every one of you has a potential call of God. And God's wanting to pull his people out now because there's never been a day that's been needed more than what we've seen in these days. This is the time. This is the time. He performs countless miracles, Job said. 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 8. And God is able to make every grace overflow to you. So that in every way, always having everything that you need may excel in every good work. I'm calling us up as a church to get back into the game wholeheartedly. And again, I'm looking at people that I know You have a call on your life. You have a call on your life. And he always wanted it to grow, never to diminish. He never wanted you to go to the sideline. He never wanted you to give up. He never wanted you to get too old to fulfill the purposes of God. He wanted you to fulfill it to the end and that he would be the one that would keep his promises. Because all the promises, as we read last week, all the promises of God are what? Yes and amen. So God, I, I, I cannot give up. I won't give up. You're going you're gonna to fill me with the Spirit. You're going to quicken me by the Spirit of God to fulfill the, the call of God. And, and some of you have lost your sight and you've lost your vision concerning this. And I don't know how it fits, and maybe it fits for somebody, but I'll throw it out here. Jesus, the reason that Jesus didn't stop fulfilling his purpose and his call to go to the cross and face the the worst death that you could possibly face as an innocent man, the reason that he didn't stop doing that, and we know he could because there were a couple times just before they were going to take him that he just used the, the triune name I am and the whole army fell over but he could have stopped this but he didn't and I was pondering that I thought why didn't he do that you know why because he saw the other side of what he was supposed to do and he saw you he saw you he was spit on he was flogged he was beat up he was crucified but for him he said for the joy that was on the other side I want you to realize the joy that was on the other side was you. Was you. It was every one of us here. And so he fulfilled his call. And now he's just calling us. And God is able to make every grace overflow to you so that in every way, always having everything you need, may excel in every good work. So a plan. Just briefly, and there's some fill-in-the-blanks here on your notes. A plan for your life 
to get back into this state and place of expectation or hope and to live beyond a boring predictability. And some of you might say that's what your Christian life is like right now. It's become boring and it's become very predictable. This is what he wants you to break out of. He doesn't want you to say that about his plan and purpose. He doesn't want you to say this about yourself. He wants you to step into this. And so I just threw together some things that I think will help. And I'll just give you these briefly. And these are on your notes. Number one, you need to remember or maybe realize or remember, whichever the case is, is that you were created for more. You were created for more. He calls you a masterpiece. He calls you his son or his daughter. He says that you're heirs of his and joint heirs with Christ. And he says that you're also created in his image and in his likeness. And and he's called you to this higher place. And he says, I want you to remember that. I want you to remember that. The second thing is that I need to learn how to surrender to the Holy Spirit. It was repeated over and over throughout the Word. When, when he came across somebody, uh, Isaiah or, uh, or Abraham, you can go down the list. And one of the things that they all responded to was, here am I. When they got to that place, that's where their response, Lord, here am I. They basically just surrendered to him, and they allowed him. Jesus, when he walked on the earth, every one of the disciples that he called, and he's calling all of us, he just said this, I want you to just follow me. I want you to follow me. The third thing is to start, if you want this, start a consistent time meeting with the Holy Spirit and begin to journal. And I found this to be very helpful for me is that I would set a time. And and can I just say this to you if if you haven't done it yet and you just maybe say, well, I've tried that and I just am not a consistent enough person, yada, 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 whatever the case may be. Can I just challenge you that you got to get past that? That's all I can tell you is just get past it. Get yourself a, I have spiral notepads. And just sit down and start talking to God and then start writing down some of the things that he's saying to you. Or maybe he reminds you of a Bible verse and you look at that and you read that. And even if you started with 10 minutes, just 10 minutes a day, I guarantee your Heavenly Father will begin to connect with you in ways that you would never imagine. How many can say amen to that? Four, learn how to read the Word. You know, we often think, you know, and I hear it way too often, is I just don't understand it. Well, the only reason that we wouldn't understand this is maybe because we're trying to read Ezekiel and Revelation first. <laughs> and Daniel, you know, the stuff that's going to do the least for you, maybe confuse you the most. But the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is your teacher. And when you open this up and you begin to read this, this should begin to come alive to you and connect with your spirit and bring it life back to you but see if I'm not doing that then I'm never going to get that if I'm stopping and listening to the Lord I'm going to go through my life and maybe I'll stick with church maybe I won't but I'll never step into this beautiful loving kind gentle heartfelt relationship with my God right here on planet earth so when I go to see him I'm not going to see him for the first time I'm going to recognize him because I've been meeting with him by the Holy Spirit all these years and I'm going to look forward to seeing him in his glory oh I'll still be shocked like all of us but you know something it's going to be a beautiful reunion because I really did this thing So read his word, which means I learned to meditate on it. In other words, take a few verses and ask the Holy Spirit to teach you through those. The fifth thing I put down here, and this is a biggie, and I actually felt this was was something some of you really need to hear. You really need to hear this. You need to take a hold of this. And that is this. You need to look at life through spiritual glasses. You need to look at life 
through spiritual glasses. We, we are so prone to look at things and figure them out up here. How many would agree with that? We look at everything and we calculate it what? Through our minds. And the Bible clearly says your natural man will never understand the things of the Spirit. So as long as I stay there and I allow that to be the thing that leads me, then I'm never going to connect with God like I really can. But man, when I can set that aside, and again, don't give me no, well, God doesn't want you to turn off your mind, beeswax. I don't even want to hear that. I'm just saying you need to get past trying to figure everything out. Because your mind will not do that. Your spirit will. Your spirit will cover over your mind if you allow it and bring this truth to you in an incredible way. But he already warned us. He said, listen, your natural mind is not going to understand it. So I have to put on some spiritual glasses. And I just say, okay, God, I don't understand that right now, but I believe you. I know your character. I know who you are, and I believe you. And you know, when you begin to do that, all of a sudden, uh, everything begins to open up to you. He doesn't keep secrets from his sons and daughters. (laughs) Come on. He doesn't. And he told us, he said, listen, you have to see through eyes of faith or spiritual eyes because without faith, it's impossible to please who? God. So he's warned us. He's challenged us. He's saying, no, I need you to go deeper. And again, I felt like this was, a, this was a word that needed to be highlighted for some of you. You either have never been able to see through spiritual eyes because your mind has continued to jump in the way and you've never pushed it back. You've always settled for it. Or maybe at one point in the journey, you really trusted God. You saw everything and everything that you read and, and, and experienced became life to you. But all of a sudden that began to to dole out and maybe it was because of some disappointments maybe it's because the promises are still to be fulfilled but God never gives up on his promises and whatever he's spoken to you he wants to do it and he will do it if we let him so you need to look through glasses of faith or spiritual glasses so that we can see what God's doing and my heart just goes out even as I'm saying this now my heart's going out let our minds get in the way and we totally start discounting everything when everything about the Bible is be led by the Spirit be filled by the Spirit the Spirit's your teacher he's going to show you things to come he's going to lead you it's all by the Spirit he never said once I'm going to let your mind lead you why? the sixth and the last thing here is I, I, I want us to begin to expect some things to happen. I said last week, even when I said when you came to church, <laughs> did you expect anything to happen? When you go out on the street and go back to your job, do you expect anything to happen for the kingdom? Is the kingdom going to be a big part of your life? Is, is the kingdom going to be <coughs> really <coughs> excuse me, everything to you? to where when you go into every setting that all of a sudden now your mind is, you're just seeing people the way that God sees them. And all of a sudden it's like, wow, God, if you have something for that person, tell me, I'll tell them. God, if you, if you, have, if you want me to do something, just tell me, I'll do it. Whatever it might be, God, if you just tell me, I'll do it. I'll be the, here am I, is basically what God's calling us to do because he is fulfilling his purpose on the earth. And we're closer than what we think. But we must have him. We must have him. We must have him. You must have him. So I want to just pray for us this morning. Even to... If nothing else, if all your prayer is on Monday morning is, God, I don't see you. God, I, you know, the disciples even said they needed help with their unbelief. Just be honest with God. He loves honesty and transparency. Yell at him. Come on, Peter cursed in front of him. I'm not suggesting that, okay? (laughs) 
I'm just saying, you need to get desperate. Whatever it takes for you to find this personal connection, I want to challenge you to do it because we are on this unexpected adventure every day of our life to fulfill the will and purpose of God. Come on, you have a purpose. That's You all know that. So let's pray. Thank you, Father. Lord, I thank you that you... <laughs> Even in our stubbornness, even in our rebellion, Lord, even in our distractions, you never cease to knock. You never cease to come after us and pursue us. Matter of fact, God, you probably restrain us from having peace when we're away from you because you're the God of peace. And Father, I pray today that every one of us would... Uh, maybe recognize or acknowledge where we're really at and have you come in and make a miraculous change inside of our heart and inside of our spirit. Father, I want to be one that always says, here am I, Lord. Here am I. I am here. I want to be the one, God, that never stops pursuing your original intent and purpose for my life and why you made me. I thank you, God, that in the process we get to know you and walk with you in this. And I thank you for your word today. And I just pray everyone here this morning would walk away with something, God, that's going to keep their conversation with you going in a unique way. I pray also for divine encounters and unexpected adventures for all of us. Lord, you are so working on the earth right now. People are so looking for you. Help us to be your voice in the wilderness. And we thank you, God, for your goodness. Let your blessing be upon everyone uh, this morning. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, 